Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It is so great to be here. It is great to be here, man. Every week, week in and week out, we get the privilege of reading God's Word and discussing it going through the Torah portions, I mean, it just does not get any better than this. If you guys have any questions, you want to reach out to me or anything like that, you can reach me via email at ryan at twopraise.net, R-Y-A-N at T-O-P-R-A-I-S-E dot net, ryan at twopraise.net. Um, I want to hear from you guys. would love for you guys to reach out. Any uh, prayer requests, questions, anything like that, um, we will be faithful to pray for you, and we will be um, faithful to respond. So, uh, today we are studying the Torah portion, Va'ira, and it means, and I appeared, and this is in uh, the book of Exodus, chapter 6 and verse 2, and ending in chapter 9 and verse 35. Excelente! Just a little bit of a survey on, of course, the book of Exodus. It is a book of redemption. That's right, it's a book of redemption. Uh, a key word found in the book of Exodus is the word deliver deliver a key expression found in the book of exodus is as the lord commanded moses while the steps of a righteous man are to order of the lord check this out a key expression as the lord commanded moses love this book of course it goes uh, from groan ends with to glory from groan, from groan to glory. Very good. So currently we are actually in the chapters in regards to deliverance, and that's actually chapters 1 through 18. This is where we're at today. So we're in the uh, book of redemption of Exodus, and of course deliverance is the uh, key topic here. And remember, from grown to glory. So let's jump right in here to the uh, beautiful Torah portion, Vayira, and I appeared. Once again, this is actually going to go into effect this Friday night all over the world in every synagogue. And uh, just keep a, keep a, uh, keep your ears open because uh, we're going to be sharing a lot of cool stuff. But also remember that as we go into the Old Testament or we're into the Torah, we can try to find Yeshua, find Jesus in the Torah. So we're going to begin by reading Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 through 8 with Ryan. All right. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan and land and the land uh, of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. 
Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of your bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be your, uh, to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for a heritage. I am the Lord. Wow. Yeah, buddy. It's going down. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys notice this or not, but uh, it is going down. And of course, you know, the... Uh, the question is, by what name did God appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? It was what? El Shaddai. That's right. God Almighty. El Shaddai. Uh, yeah, in, El the, Shaddai. in the Strong's Concordance, uh, number 7706. So, uh, you know, God's revealing himself in a new and fresh way to Moses uh, that, that, you know, that he didn't reveal to himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's the thing. It's about the revealing, you know, like the revealing party. Male or female, daughter or son, yeah. God is revealing himself yeah, as is. an in-breaking, indwelling God. You know, the thing that I want to remind everyone, thank you, Holy Spirit, is that, uh, once again, so so the, let's, let's answer this question. What name of God was not revealed to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, was Yodhe-Vavhe. That's, uh, that's it right there, Jehovah, Yahweh, Yahweh. Uh, what name of God was not revealed to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he was revealed uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai. And now all of a sudden, now we know that um, he's showing himself to be yod heh vav -Hey. You know, we're going to get into all that. And so once again, um, I, I believe, which is, which, which is interesting, is that I believe that the Father, God the Creator, is showing himself as a husband, uh, as mm -hmm. a husband. You know, with broken marriages and different things and redefining marriage like they have done and everything uh very interesting that yeah that the i believe that god is is revealing himself as a husband and what does a husband do he provides he protects okay and uh and he and of course uh he also uh, has intimacy mm -hmm. you know and that's the thing and so once again as we see this uh we can see that god is of course uh, revealing more of himself uh, through his redemptive plan. You know, uh, in, in the beginning stages, the, the enemy was, is trying to kill all of the male children to of kill the messianic prophecy that would come. Uh, of course, the seed of the woman would bring forth that seed. And we know that Satan has seed. Satan has his children as well. Uh, I'm not going to debate that or argue that. The scriptures are very clear uh, that there will be enmity between the two seeds, Genesis 3.15. But... All of a sudden now, you know, uh, we have a situation here where, you know, Adam and Eve were in the garden. Uh, they dropped the ball. Uh, they had one commandment, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they blew it, and they got kicked out of the garden. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be moving into, which is kind of later on in the chapters, he's going to be going into a marriage covenant with his people. He's like, listen, you got kicked out of the garden. Yeah. Now death is in the earth. Thorns, thistles, sickness, all these things are in, in the earth. They're around. But I'm gonna I'm gonna marry you. Yeah, you know. You, you but know this, this doesn't take away from the from the fact that we're all gonna die. Right. There is a second death. But I'm saying that here we are. You know, uh, fragile human beings. You know, we're like dew. You see the dew, and then it's gone. It. You know, it's like when I come to the church. You know, I try not to walk across the grass in the morning. 
because the dew is going to make my shoes all wet. Right. The dew's really there. But by noon, one o'clock, I can walk across the grass. It's gone. Yeah, of course. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, you know, free will is what is kind of the linchpin piece of all of this when it comes to God's redemptive plan. And the fact of the matter is that God loves us so much, right, that um, he gives us the free will so that we can be in relationship and in covenant with him. So that's that's kind of the first idea. You can't have the good, right, without also allowing for the bad, because with free will, you can obviously decide the other way. So God reveals himself because he saves us from ourselves and from the enemy through his infinite mercy. And so, you know, it's a characteristic that we see here that he, is a, he has infinite mercy, that he has infinite grace, that he's a deliverer, that he's a husband, that he has all of these characteristics. And through delivering the people of Israel and keeping his promise, his characteristic of faithfulness, his characteristic of faithfulness comes out, and it's just an awesome picture to see how a husband should be to his wife, that he should be providing, protecting, he should be faithful, right? That he should should promote justice in his home, all of those things. So it's 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 pretty cool. You can see this through what yeah. he does. Be you like know, him. The dynamics, though, Ryan, is what's so incredible. You know, the the Hebrew mindset we shared this before, and I'll share it again. The Hebrew mindset is that we look we we look at the big picture. The Greek mindset is you study the brick and the wall, you know. It's like Pink Floyd. All in all, right. it's just another, another brick in the wall. <laughs> no, no, we need to look at the big picture, you know. And so once again, you know, uh, the, the cool thing is that Satan can't kill the Messianic seed because Yeshua came, he suffered, he died, he was buried, he rose again, he ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives. He's going to come down the same way because what goes up must come down. And so that's really uh, the, the expectation, the anticipation. But like I said, we're, we're really looking at this redemptive plan. And, and here's the thing, though, Ryan. This is what's so cool about prophecy. And, and for those of you that are listening, you know, I, I got a new slant on prophecy. You know, the Lord was like showing me so many times uh, as evangelicals or Christians, we look at all the events that are going to take place. Well, this event and that, it's kind of linear, but God is cyclical, you know, yeah. and there's templates that you can find in the scriptures. There's nothing new under the sun. And what does he do? He declares the end from the beginning. So when people say, oh, well, that Old Testament's done away with, uh, you know, and this and that, you know, well, you don't, you don't know the end unless you know the beginning. And that's actually a, a prophecy. But here's the, the cool thing. That's actually wisdom. But as we see these things unfolding, we need to understand something. What are people doing in the last days? Remember how Yeshua says in the Olivet Discourse, he says, don't be deceived four times. It says actually that God will put a deluding spirit on people yeah. because they refuse the truth. Uh, there'll be foolish people. There'll be those that have oil in their lamps, those that don't. So you have to ask yourself, you know, what kind of person am I? Who am I? You know, because now God's children are being gathered. And uh, we had a gentleman last night, uh, Aaron Katzoff, that was sharing his ordeal of going into Africa to pull out uh, for this mother, her, her children, yeah. and her children's children, you know. And an incredible story of having to cross, you know, boundaries and Uganda, Ethiopia, uh, you know, I mean, it's all right there. But what an incredible story that these weren't even his kids. He could have, you know, he could have went to jail. He could have been killed. But they have strict international laws now so that it can receive aid that you can't take children across borders and things. You know, they got some real tight 
rules because there's so much trafficking going on. Right. And by the way, you know, uh, Tampa, Florida is like one of the top uh, trafficking places in the nation. It's one of them. It's like one of the top five, I guess it is. But that's amazing that's going on here. Yeah, right in our backyard. But once again, you know, uh, God is revealing himself through his redemptive plan. Uh, you know, what are people doing in the last days? Are you just a basic Christian, just a basic denomination? You know, I think there's more to the story. Yeah. And once you understand God's covenants and how this thing is unfolding, you're going to actually see Judah approaching Joseph's storyline or Torah portion actually being played out. You know, this gentleman uh, called me, who's an Orthodox Jew from Israel. He has an organization called the, the Heart of Israel. It's about Judea and Samaria and everything, but it's about what he's doing. Actually, they're going to be going in and getting some more Ethiopian Jews out of Africa. Uh, and like I said, these are one of the questions that we have on our outline. And I'll ask those of you that are listening, why is it that some people want to go to Israel, but some people don't? And that actually leads us to the next question. Uh, what did God promise the children of Israel they would get when they came out of Egypt by his outstretched arm? The land that he promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's it. The land. Now, in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 23, this is a great time to do cross-references and different things. This is what it says. The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine. For ye are strangers and sojourners with me. Amen. Now, until the Jewish people came back to the land of Israel... You know, there were swamps, there was malaria, you know, it was uh, tumbleweeds. You can ask Mark Twain. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Desert. didn't see a man for miles. Uh, cursed. Nothing would grow. They had nothing, no agriculture, no trees. All the trees have been cut down over a period of time. And they're, they're, of course, doing a reforestation now. But the bottom line is that when the Jews came back, it began to to grow and to bloom and to prosper. And so with that, we also have a little bit of a conflict here. If we look in, uh, I'll look at Joel chapter 3. So now that they've come back, let's, let's see what the challenges are. In Joel chapter 3, verse 2, here's a prophecy. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Now, the, the I don't think the nations forced them into this, but I know that that. Uh, Israel, of course, had control of Gaza. That was part of the territory. Now, predominantly uh, Arabs, but but the thing is, Gaza was a part of Israel. What did they do? They pulled out the Jewish settlers. They pulled out the Jewish homes. They pulled them out. And what a cost that they're paying now. Oh, no, they committed so an So how could there actually be a Palestinian state in Judea and Samaria if you're having rockets coming from Gaza? Can you imagine to the east creating a Palestinian state and more rockets come flying in, you know, uh, you know, and this is where, you know, we have to be kind of rational here and have common sense. Think about if, if Georgia started shooting rockets into Florida, you know, mom always said stupid is as stupid does. So I'm just saying that you would put a stop to it. Oh yeah. There would be some military action. So what's happening is the land for peace is not working. You can't give up land for peace. No. Uh, I had the, the opportunity, the privilege to read Ehud Barak's memoir. It was very interesting. Uh, he's one of the greatest decorated you know, IDF soldiers in Israel's history. But the thing is, uh, if you go back and, and read his memoir or some of the things that he was willing to give up his government, uh, is it 80, 90% of Judea and Samaria? And, and this has been public records. You guys can check this out for yourself. Can you imagine? And so during the talks, Arafat stormed out of the room. He hit the table, stormed out of the room. 
because he couldn't get East Jerusalem. Now, we know the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where God's name is. That's the place where you're supposed to come and worship him. That's like the capital of the capitals. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's where his name is. Amen. It's where we go for the feast. We're supposed to come up to the feast three times a year. And so that's where his name is. That's where the temple stood. And I'm sharing the story because it's interesting that out of spite, you know, the enemy storms out of the room, Arafat, because he couldn't get East Jerusalem. Now, what if he said, okay, I won't get East Jerusalem. Listen up, everybody. This is public records. You wouldn't even have Judea and Samaria as you know it today. I wouldn't be going it, to prune. It would in, be in the Palestinian state. You wouldn't be pruning. Yeah. So you can see where God steps in and, and things happen, you know. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, all the prime ministers that give up land, they either end up out of office or in jail. Or they're under some kind of investigation. Oh, yeah. And or any their whole country, political life is ruined. And any country, and this is this is also public records, any country that has put pressure on Israeli leadership over the years to make some deal with uh, with splitting up the land in some way, shape, or form, there has been a billion-dollar-plus catastrophes. Yeah, catastrophes, weather catastrophes. I right. think the book's called The Eye of the Storm. It's a very good book. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're going to get into the uh, the great judgments here in Exodus chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Ryan's going to check that out. So we want to kind of interject some other things for you for this podcast. You know why I love this podcast, Ryan? It's because it's so dynamic. You know, it, it, God gets the glory, but we're directing people to the Word of God. Amen. And we're expounding on it. And it's very captivating. Like it, it, it keeps your interest for us to be doing this for three seasons. Yeah, to do it every week, it keeps our interest because it needs to be heard. Well, the best right now that the impeachment inquiry is going on, the impeachment process oh, yeah. is going on, and here we are. Right, we're giving you our verdict. Well, here come the plagues. Yeah, amen. You know that you're right. Um, week in and week out, we get to do the tour portion, and the tour portions are so prophetic. You know, what were we talking about last night with Aaron Katzoff? You, were, you, were, you got the outline in your hand, right? Got the outline in my hand. He's talking, and you're like, look, what happens? You go and you say, let my people go. And what is he doing? He's over there in, in uh, South uh, Sudan and in Ethiopia saying, let my people go. Then what does he do, right? The, the, the leaders, they make it tougher on him. They say, oh, you got to get this stamp. You got to so they, they, they take the straw away and say, you got to go find your own straw oh, yeah. you to make your bricks. You got to have this stamped and that stamped. Oh, you need man. a birth certificate. You need this. You need that. Oh well, not just, even his children, and it's the it's the tour portion for this week, and it's just like the story's relevant. I can't tell you, I I can't even keep track of how many times in my own personal life I've had instances happen or things go on, and I'm reading the tour portion that week, and then boom, the things that are happening in my life are relevant to that tour portion, and not in just like a hey, I, you know, you see it everywhere type of thing or go looking for it, like people come and say something to me and I'm like, wow, that's exactly what this person said to this character in the Bible or whatever during that week. It's just... It, anyway. it is relevant. All right, chapter Remember, 7. Remember, now the first thing promised to Abraham was the land. Yes, sir. So why do some people want to go to Israel and some people don't? That's fine, but we're all about the, the Israel trip. All mm -hmm. right, let's go ahead and check out Exodus chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. All right, it says here, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that he send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that I may lay my hand upon Egypt, and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt, by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Wow. Yeah. So the Lord's actually going to bring his people out, 
by great judgments. That's right. You know, by great judgments. You know, uh, we go back to Moses and, and, and Aaron going to Pharaoh, and, and so what did God say? Let my people go so that they may serve me. Yeah. You know, God brings you out to bring you in. Yeah. That word church uh, in the Greek is the, is the Greek word ekklesia, ekklesia, and it means to be called out. So, so, Ryan, the thing about the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement is that God didn't call us out to bash the church and be so critical and do our own thing. Yeah. He brought us out for his name's sake, to do his bidding. Yeah. And that's why the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles or, the, or, 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 or even Judaism and Christianity coming together with mutual respect is so important in the times in which we live because it's needed to have allies and to come alongside the Jewish people. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you know, uh, in in this verse here that it says that, um, uh, in verse 3, it says, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart. I know that I've heard commentary over the years where people talk, well, you know, God, you know, hardened Pharaoh's heart, poor Pharaoh. You know, it's just like the Disney movies nowadays. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but like Maleficent, you know, they try to make these bad characters. Evil, good, and you know, good, evil. Feel it, sorry for right. evil. Oh, yeah, feel sorry oh, for the poor evil. poor Pharaoh, look, you know. Yeah, but, you know, this word harden right here, it's the same... Um, it's the same word used in the beginning of the book of Joshua, where he says, uh, "Be strong, be strong, and may you be strengthened." That's the the hazach, right? Hazak, hazak, venish hazik. And so this word here that means hard, it actually means he's going to strengthen Pharaoh's heart. And what that means is he's only going to take what Pharaoh already has in his heart, and he's going to magnify it. And so the thing that I ask you guys is, what is in your heart that God can magnify? Would you be happy if God were to strengthen your resolve in that area? I mean, is it something that um, that you're in line with God's purposes for your life, that you're in line with God's will, that you're running in the same direction that God is running in? Or are you know are the things that you've allowed to creep in, uh, are they things that are kind of antithetical to that? They're not you know really in line with, with what God well, has going on? Well, think about what's happening in Christianity today. When you start sharing the Hebrews of the Christian faith, there's a lot of ignorance. But yeah. remember, Pharaoh did not know the God of Abraham, Isaac, That's and Jacob. Right. He had all these gods, but he didn't know this cat. He didn't know this guy. He's and what like, it, you know, and what I don't it, know this God. And to that point, what did Gamaliel tell the Sanhedrin? He says, hey, be careful that you don't end up fighting against God himself, right? Because, hey, if this is no big deal and this guy, he'll die and he'll be forgotten just like all the rest of the messiahs that have come and gone, right? The, the false messiahs. That's good. But... If you make him into, if you fight against him, you may be fighting against God. Let it play out. Yeah, and you know, let Scripture interpret Scripture. You know, we 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 know that uh, Moses has a sister and a brother, but what's really kind of like the birth order? Are you interested in that? Well, let's check this out in Exodus seven seven. And Moses was fourscore years old, and Aaron fourscore and three years old when they spake unto Pharaoh. So basically, let's break this down. So here's the birth order: Miriam was the firstborn. Uh, Aaron is eighty three. He's the middle child, and Moses is 80. So check that out. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. That's, that's a great deduction there, you know. So Aaron's the middle child. That's why, you know, he had problems with the golden calf, and God didn't take him, you know, and stuff. He probably felt sorry for him. If you're a middle child listening to this, you know, you're not the, you're not the oldest one or the youngest one, but you're in the middle of the pack trying to find your, your way. You know, God, God's got a plan for you as well, but it's a fascinating study as you study birth orders and different things. But here we have, of course, uh, Miriam, uh, Aaron, and Moses in that birth order. And, of course, uh, what was the first miracle that Moses and Aaron performed before Pharaoh, Ryan? Uh, well, his rod, or Aaron's rod becomes a serpent, which, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's funny. I think sometimes about these, uh, these miracles. I'm like, man, turning a stick into a serpent, you know? 
um, you know, and, and, and then to think that Pharaoh's wise men um, and his sorcerers and magicians had their rods turned into serpents too, right? But then God is not going to be made a mockery, right? He's not, what does Aaron's rod do? It swallows both of their staffs or their snakes. So, I mean, like, what a sight to see. <laughs> just, I mean, I just can't even imagine. Hey, let's throw our rods on the ground. They turn into snakes. And what's that called? Supernatural realm. Oh, man. It's, it's you know, think about the supernatural the realm is more real than the natural realm. Uh, yes. I mean, if that rod can turn into a snake and then eat other snakes, that's supernatural. I mean, that, that, that's a realm There's that just, no, that, that's unbelievable. No, nothing natural about that, that's for sure. So it's absolutely supernatural. So what was the first plague? Uh, the first plague is going to be the waters turning to blood. And it's not just the Nile, right? This is the water all over the place yeah. turned to blood. You know what's interesting, uh, even for those that are listening, maybe you have low self-esteem or not a lot of confidence in your faith or maybe where you're at in life. But I want to encourage you because, you know, this just comes to my mind. You know, Moses was chosen to be the deliverer, you know, and, and he's and he's kind of trying to talk his way out of it, you know. And he's like, well, how will they know that you sent me? That Well, tell them that I am has sent you, you know. And we talked about that in, in the other Torah portion. I am is a present tense, present God. Uh, he's time, it's timelessness, basically. But remember what, what God does for Moses. Well, if they won't believe that, that I've sent you and I am, of course I am, well, then you can do this. You could throw your rod down to become a snake. They should like that. And then I'll tell you what, if they don't believe that, stick your hand in your bosom. Yeah. And then pull it out. It's leprous. Put it back in. Pull it back out. It's clean. Yeah. And, and then I'll tell you what. I'll give you a third one. Go ahead and, uh, you know, you can make, you can turn the uh, water into blood. Yeah. So those are all the things that he gave Moses to actually even prove his point. Sure, to prove that he was the messenger. And so he, Moses needed that. And then, of course, he goes into, well, I don't speak very well. and I'm not a good orator and this and that. And so, you know, Moses, you know, is really challenging God. And, well, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. And how it's like us today. Well, how can I be Israel? I'm not Jewish. And Well, you are grafted in. You're part of this. You know, think about it, everybody. Yeah. You should you should know who you are. And with that comes the right action. So just something to think about. Of course, then he gives Aaron to be the spokesman in the beginning. You're going to see some things here. Uh, matter of fact, in Exodus seven fourteen to twenty five, Ryan, let's let's take. Is it true that it's it's actually Aaron doing these first few plagues here? Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, I think in verse nineteen of Exodus seven. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying to Aaron, Take thy rod and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams and upon their rivers, and upon their ponds and upon all their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. And so, and Aaron, Moses did so. So uh, Aaron is coming along. He's just trying to encourage Moses, kind of just, you know, getting him going here on the job training here. He's like a and, primer. He's yeah, priming the pump. Yeah, you know? he, he's encouraging him, you know. And of course, uh, we're going to get into this uh, in Exodus chapter 8. We're going to get into this uh, second plague. Ryan, why don't you go and take it from there uh, in regards to the, the second plague? You want to read Exodus chapter 8, verses 1 through 7? So it says here, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let, thy, or let my people go, that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house and into thy bedchamber and upon thy bed and into the house of thy servants and upon thy people and into thine ovens and into thy kneading troughs. 
And the frog shall come up both on thee and upon thy people and upon all thy servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch forth thine hand with thy rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the uh, ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched... Oh, that's uh, oh, and Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Best trick ever. Get them to curse themselves. Woohoo! I don't know. I tell you what, though. So now you know we got the water turning into blood. We now we've got frogs, and and, and frogs are actually uh, occultic. They're like they're like. Uh, Using the occult, I think frogs are. They're like an yeah. unclean animal. You know, there's frogs in the Book of Revelation. They're kind of creepy amphibians, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, and then you've got those poisonous frogs, boy. Whew. I'll South tell you America. what. You know, uh, most people don't like frogs. I mean, you know, it's it's just one of those things that people don't like. You know, people get like my wife. You know, she sees a frog. I mean, she just she moves to wherever the frog is not, and then <laughs> and then me or Christian have to take care of the frog. And, and what about Kermit the Frog? He's a little creepy, isn't he? You know, it's not easy being green. <laughs> yeah, Kermit the Frog, and then Miss Piggy. We just got a great cast of characters here, don't we? Oh, man. Uh, so here we have in Exodus 8, 8, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go, that they may go sacrifice unto the Lord. Boy, what a great politician. Once again, Pharaoh hardened his heart and did not let the people go. He Man. did not let the people go. Remember, this is like letting go of your servants and your laborers and, you know, all these people that built Egypt. You know, it would be like Saudi Arabia getting rid of all their foreigners. Yeah. yeah Saudi Arabia's got to start working now. Yeah. They bring all the foreigners in to do the work because their wealth is oil and they got the good life. Yeah. Bring in the servants. They're like, we ain't know, doing that. <laughs> bring in the servants. And so uh, once again, you know, uh, Pharaoh, he, he hardened his heart. So there he, he's still stuck in this resolve. And, of course, we go into this uh, third plague. Uh, the first one was, of course, uh, the, the water supply, the Nile turned to blood. We've got frogs. And now we're getting into lice. You know, but it says here in verse 19, the last verse in this little section. Oh, no, that's in lice. Never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. The lice, yeah. So, so Pharaoh's magicians could not bring forth lice and said that it was the finger of God. That's, hey, we can do a lot of tricks. We can do a right. lot of things, but we cannot recreate the no, lice. The finger of God. Wow. Yeah, the finger of God. This is the finger of God. Like, listen, we just can't do that, Yeah, which is amazing. And this is what I love about Yeshua. You know what I'm saying? He just comes down here and just messes with people. Yeah. I mean, he walks on water. He he multiplies food. Oh. He turns water into wine. I mean that. He heals people. Yep. I mean, he is God. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. That's another thing, Ryan. Only God can heal. The Son of God did all of these things. Yeah. He has to be God. And it's interesting, too, because here he is coming in a time of Greek mythology, you know, half God, half man kind of thing yeah, going on, yeah. you know. And so now, all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing the supernatural, you know, and that's what I believe we're going to see in the earth today. We're going to see some supernatural things. And now, of course, we, we're going to go into the fourth plague, which is, of course, a swarm of flies. Boy, these are some, these are some, this is pestilence. Have you ever had a swarming gnats going around you? I'll never forget, you know, we were taking a walk 
Mount Carmel, my kids and I, we went from the house. We're going up Mount Carmel towards Lowe's and all that. And just a swarm of just gnats just oh, was getting us. Yeah, man. And so we would laugh at each other. And they're like, they were up on this wall, about fell off the wall because the swarm was all over. <laughs> you know, the no see Yeah. And we're just laughing and cracking up. You could just see them swirling. Yeah. And you want to avoid that. Oh, absolutely. Um, you could just, you ever seen like a swarm yeah. of gnats? I remember being in Georgia oh. one time and having that same issue uh, out in a field. Sand and just fleas. Being like, oh, my gosh. Oh, and then uh, I was with uh, Steve Warp and uh, Doris, his wife, and their sons at uh, Fort DeSoto here in, uh, what is it, like South Pinellas County, uh, right on the tip there. And uh, the no were getting up on your legs, and you, you really can't see them. That's the weird part about it, right? They just jump out of the sand. Oh, it's and awful. here's the thing, though. I love this. Though. So here, here's where, where God's going to make a distinction in Exodus chapter 8, verse 22. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Check this out. The flies were not in Goshen where the children of Israel lived. Think yeah. about it, right? It's called the bubble, the Goshen bubble. You know what's cool about Pastor that? Pastor Curtis Taylor shares about that. The Goshen bubble, the flies were not in Goshen. You know, when we were thinking about, um, we've got a, I, I, I wouldn't, I would call what we have a ranch or a farm very loosely, right? Um, and I think it's a ranch. I would, even if I were to say homestead, right? You it's, know? A, it's a homestead. Yeah, I would, I would also say that very loosely because we still go to the grocery store every week. You know what I'm saying? Like I know. So, uh, but, you know, we've got goats and chickens and, um, you know, I've tried to grow some stuff over time and, and we'll probably do a little bit more of that here coming up. But um, when we were thinking about, hey, you know, at farms and, and ranches, they, sh- they need to have a name, right? Like circle something ranch, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, and and w- what would you guess that we thought about naming our, our little ranch? Goshen. Goshen. Goshen Man. Ranch. And here's why. That's Think perfect. about it. We're in, we're not, we're outside the land, Right. But we're protected, you know. And if, if you, uh, many of you listening may have been to my my property before, but you gotta love Goshen. I would say, <laughs> Welcome to Goshen. That's right. So, so, but you know, uh, if you think about it, you know, it's protected. Um, it's very private. We're right next to a neighborhood, but like we have like this big retaining wall, so you can't even see any of that stuff. And it's our own little our own little Goshen bubble. But we're still outside the land, right? So while we are separated and, and severed, so to speak, we're just we're not where we ultimately want to be, you know. This is gonna this is gonna develop into the next point uh, in Exodus eight twenty three. Check this out. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. Now this is interesting because this word division is actually it means redemption. And I will put a redemption between my people and thy people. Ah. That's what it says in the Hebrew. Interesting. So I'm going to redeem these people. I'm going to make a division. Wow. So we're redeemed. We're separated, sanctified, and set apart. You know, this is why the Jewish people have survived for all these years, just like with the Chabad, you know, uh, and of course the the Jewish communities, because, you know, they're preserving their way of life. Yeah. And they they are not going to let the world, you know take over here they're gonna they're gonna do the torah and do all these things and uh and of course pharaoh agreed to let israel sacrifice in the land but moses said that they needed to go on a three days journey to avoid an abomination so think about the very things they wanted to sacrifice were gods oh yeah so you cannot do that not need you cannot do that in egypt you know 
And so we have, of course, uh, we're going to be going now into the fifth plague, uh, and of course found in Exodus chapter 9, uh, and it's actually a very grievous moraine. So I guess this is something to do with a cattle disease. Yeah. Uh, of course, the cattle of Israel did not die. Check out verse 4. Ryan, why don't you read that? Exodus 9, 4. 9, 4 says, And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is uh, is the children's, children's of Israel. So think about it. If, if we're going to stick to God's plan, then we'll have his provision. Yeah. So when we say the restoration and regathering the whole house of Israel, we need resources, Lord. We are going to be obedient, but we need the resources to do this. You know, it's just like the gentleman going in to to get the Ethiopian Jews out of Africa. He needed resources, he needed money, and it came from different different avenues, different ways. But I really love this. Uh, because the cattle of Israel did not die. Remember when Jacob multiplied his own flock? Yeah. And then he broke away from Laban, and Laban's flock didn't grow. He he he, he did a how many days journey? I think it was a two days journey between the two. But here it's talking about this whole thing, uh, you know, that they were going to do a three days journey to avoid an abomination. You know, if Exodus you don't, eight twenty five. If you've never um, had livestock before, and you're listening, you're like, yeah, my meat comes from the grocery store, right? And I mean, I get all that. I'm with you. Um, but if you've never had livestock, then you don't quite understand what it takes to keep them healthy, right? Um, they don't just, you know, you would think that, oh, well, they're wild animals, right? That you can just keep them in a field as long as they have plenty of grass and, you know, what to eat, they should be fine. Um, but there's more to it than that. Like you have to watch out for worms, right? You have to watch and keep them healthy and clean and make sure they have clean water and all these things. So there's things that you have to do in order to keep them healthy. And uh, a moraine, something attacking them. So it's, it's hard enough just by itself, right? Then have some disease come upon them and then they're starting to die. I mean, that's, that'd be very frustrating. It's just like, you know, the, the diseases that could hit the vineyards. Yes, you just know? like that. Just like right now, Florida is... is Got a disease among the citrus yeah, greening, yep. Greening. Yep. So, you know, this is this is all relevant for today. It really, it truly is these these this pestilence or these these plagues. And so now we're gonna get into the sixth plague. And six is of course the number it represents man. It's a, it's the number for man, six. But um boils. Man, boils. <laughs> Forget that. Man. I mean, you know This is where I'm out. I'm like, all right, boils. <laughs> Y'all are on your own. And it shall become small dust in all the land of Egypt, and it shall be a boil breaking forth with Blains upon man and upon beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Now, look what he says in verse 8 here of, of chapter 9. And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace, and let Moses sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. Wow, it becomes small dust. And I tell you what, I've had a, a staph infection one time on the side of my head. Ooh, yeah. He said I caught it from the gym or something. I don't know, it was a disease, but it was a, it was a staph infection. But it was a giant boil. Yep. And then I actually got one uh, like on my leg or on, on my, the tender part of my leg. But but boy, was that painful. I've had one too. And yeah. I was just thinking, I don't know if it's the same boil as Joe, but can you imagine your body being oh, covered in boils? Gosh. You know, I'm just saying that that is just unbearable. Yeah, it's not a good time. I've, I've no. had it as well. Um, I've had, uh, boils and, and then one time, uh, when Christian was a baby, he grabbed my nose and his, uh, nail scratched my nose and then my nose got a staph infection and blew up like a, like reindeer. How fragile know? we are. Oh, man. The boils affected the Egyptians, the beasts, and even the magicians. Imagine that the boils affected the Egyptians, beasts, and even 
the magicians. So looking at these plagues, Ryan, if we actually go back to the first one, so actually Israel was affected by the water turned into blood. Because remember, that's interesting. That, that just came to me, uh, this thought. Uh, that was one of the signs that Moses needed to prove that he was sent by God. Right. So even Israel was affected by that particular plague. Mm-hmm. And I think they were even affected by, uh, if you go back and even look at it, I think they were even affected by... Uh, let's say the, uh, the frogs. The frogs. Yeah, the every, first there's three. frogs everywhere. Yeah. Frog legs for everyone. All you can eat. Um, <laughs> frogs. And then of course, um, then we have uh, this lice. Okay, we have lice. And then of course we're going to get into this whole. Uh, I guess everyone was affected by that, uh, from my understanding. Yeah, and it was the fourth plague where they God put the the difference between Goshen the, and the, the flies. Rest. Yep, the flies. Yeah. So when you get to the fourth plague, now there's a little distinction made. Like, yeah. Hey, how come you guys don't have any flies? Yeah, exactly. Hey, how come you don't have any flies, man? Well, that's because I'm separated. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, but it's not the coolest thing. Hey, hey man, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it, everybody. Think about the days in which we live. The church teaches rapture thing. We're going to be out of here. But what if yeah. we're still here? What are we going to tell people? You better pray you're in Goshen. You know, we got to start telling people, man, fear God, change your life. I mean, yes. get a life. Come on. I mean, think about it. And and so and anyway, we're going to get into the seventh plague now. It's a, a very grievous hail. And, and fire was mingled with the hail when it came down, and the land of Goshen was spared once again. Yeah, this sounds like a meteor shower. I mean, I know it says hail, so, but it's like yeah, hail it, and fire. fire was mingled with the hail. Yeah, that's crazy. That is. And, and of course, this is the seventh plague. But just remember now, you know, we talk about these ten plagues. And by the way, we, we don't have time to get into all of it. Maybe we'll bring it up next time. But we could go into great detail that God was actually going after the Egyptian gods right. in and reference to the plagues. That's that's actually public records. Yeah, and we've done actually that. If you go and listen to this Torah portion in previous years when we've done this podcast, we've gone through, you know, which gods of Egypt were that's, attacked. That's, that's true. That's true. Stick to the text. But, I mean, here, here's Exodus 9, 27. Uh, and Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Ooh. Okay. So with that, here's the interesting thing, though. Uh, it says here uh, in Exodus 9, 31 and 32, And the flax and the barley were smitten, for the barley was in the ear, and the flax was boiled. But the wheat and the rye were not smitten, for they were not grown up. Mm, so, so it tells you what time of year it yeah, is. Yeah, so wheat and barley are planted at the same time late in fall, yeah. but the barley comes up first right? That's the natural branches. That's Judah. That's the Jewish people. And then the wheat comes up afterwards. They represent the Gentiles. Mm. So there you have two different groups of people. You still have a harvest. You still have uh, the grain, uh, but we have that. You know, it's interesting. We, we, we got these 10 plagues that are, that are commencing, and uh, 10 means a minion. You know, they talk about the 10 lost tribes. Well, they're not lost. Guys, God knows where they're at. Uh, they're being grafted in and absorbed into the Commonwealth of Israel. And then, of course, you know, Abraham said, if you find 10 righteous men, would you spare the city? This is where they get the minion from. You need 10 men uh, among the Jewish people to pray publicly. Uh, we have the 10 days of all. Uh, and what did uh, Eliezer bring with him to go find a bride for Isaac? But 10 camels. Very interesting. Uh, just a reminder as well, in the book of Revelation, um, you have, of course, 21 judgments. You have seven trumpets, seven seals, and seven bowls. 
three sets of seven, 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 uh, in regards to that. And here we are in the book of Exodus, and there are ten plagues. So, did Pharaoh continue to harden his heart, Ryan, in regard to letting the children of Israel go? Absolutely. He hasn't learned the lesson yet. You know, it's, it's like Murphy's Law now. It's just one thing after another here. Um he continued to harden his heart. Yeah, and when do we, you know, when, when this type of stuff comes at you, at what point do you realize, hey, I'm actually fighting God here, and, and I, I could be stubborn, or, or I could, you know, give in to his will, you know? And, you know, and, he, and here's the question, Ryan, and I'll ask you this. Can we harden our heart towards God and other people? Uh, absolutely. You know, Ashley and I, we have this competition in the house about who's more stubborn, um, you know? And uh, I... I, I I would venture to say that many married couples have the same competition. Sometimes you don't even do know you, your. How do you how do you rate that? How do you how do you rate that stubbornness? <laughs> well, let's just is say it, that is it meaning that you have an idea but it's not as good, and then maybe the other one works out. So like your stubbornness fails, but yet somebody's <laughs> less stubbornness was successful. Well, I guess the point here would be that the other person always thinks that the other person is more stubborn than they are. So is this like through like negotiations between the two of you because? <laughs> Like, honey, would you like to do this? Or why can't we do this? Well, no, we're not going to do that because this is what I think we should do. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I think everybody Maybe Maybe like bit. raising kids, we could be stubborn. Oh, man. Well, there's Because we have to agree somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, aren't you going to do something? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Now, that's obviously a lighter note. But listen, I mean, we can definitely harden our hearts in some serious ways and uh and end up you know in a bad spot and i would venture to say that um you know if you're listening to this uh and this speaks to you then you probably have an idea of what error is it in your life that you've hardened your heart you know we just celebrated martin luther king day oh yeah we you did know, the civil rights movement and everything you know and it's only appropriate and relevant for today that there's a lot of racism and prejudice and, and stuff going on. But I tell you what comes to my mind, Ryan, and I, and I want to encourage all of you that are listening to this podcast, in my own personal life and experiences, this is the thing that came to my mind. You know, for this Reformation with, you know, Martin Luther, right. you know, with his thesis, and we are justified by the finished work of the cross. You can't merit it. You can't work at it. You know, we are justified by the finished work of the cross. You know, you don't have to pay for anything. He paid the price. Amen. You know, we're justified, you know, by that, by the finished work of the cross. Uh, but now that we're justified, we're being sanctified. But, you know, Martin Luther started out really good in everything, but he ended up an anti-Semitic, you know, person. Yeah. Uh, and you can hear his quotes, you know, burn their synagogues, burn their, their books. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, Ryan. This is where it's relevant for today. Don't, you know... Don't be so hard on people that don't get their Hebrew roots. Yeah. We're supposed to bless our enemies. What, what about the critics? Yeah. Well, the two houses is just a version of replacement theology. Well, why do you, the two houses is wrong. And the, listen, let the critics go. Because yeah. here's the thing, you know, you're not out there to convert anybody. That's right. You're not out there to use that word conversion. That's actually a bad word, you know. That, that's like, you know, you're not supposed to say that Paul was converted to Christianity. He had a revelation. You know, he saw the light. You know, but the thing is, I'm, I'm sharing this story because because people around us, they don't want their Hebrew roots or this or that. We kind of bash the church. Or we bash people because of it, because they're not practicing their faith the way you would like for them to. But it's their free will. Yeah. And I'm learning that as a pastor. And I sit with pastors and, and they know that we like to worship on Saturday. But you can't go to Sunday church and worship on Sunday. Yeah. You can belong to a church community and love the Lord, you know. And I said that. You can you can quote me on that. You know, but to go in and say, well, the church is worshiping on the wrong day and this and that. Listen, 
People are going to do the things they want to do. There are Buddhists, there's the Druze, there's Muslims, even the Baha'i faith headquarters is found in Israel. Yeah. So my thing is, you know, we have we have liberty, religious liberty. Well, and we're not the you know? arm of judgment. No, we're not. But so. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, it's easy to harden your heart yes, towards uh, those to, people. to those people and yeah. those things. And we, we don't want to do that. Agreed. So in closing here, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Vayira and I appeared from a consensus of the group. Uh, so what do you think, Ryan? What, what, what two things do you have for us? Um, that we need to get to know God. Um, he reveals himself in this Torah portion uh, both as El Shaddai, the Almighty God, and as Yahweh, uh, the I Am, the Great I Am, the ever-present God. And I just think that getting to know him and who he is and spending time with him, um, you know, they say that if you're going to play along the riverbanks long enough, you're bound to get wet, right? That was that's, one of them. And then, right. uh, and you are the company you keep. Um, well, guess what? If you spend time with God, you're going to become more like him. And I think ultimately that should be all of our goal to, to take his character and put it onto ourselves so that we can be the hands and feet of, of Yeshua here on the earth. And I would say one of the points I'd like to make is that God will create circumstances in your life to bring, to bring you to him, to bring yourself to him. He, he will create circumstances to bring you to him. Also, I would like to say that uh, God will create a distinction between his people and the people of this world, the yeah. worldly people. Amen. You are in the world, but not of it. So remember that there should be a distinction between you and others. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There should be a distinction. And with that comes God's protection and provision. Hallelujah. Awesome. Wow. So, I mean, these Torah portions get, get better and better. And this one's a little bit of a cliffhanger, right? Uh, those of you that know the story, guess what? Next week we start with plague number eight. So we're right in the middle of the plagues. God is exercising his great power and his judgment over Egypt right now. And so uh, be careful out there in the world. Make sure because these Torah portions are relevant for today. And so I would just uh, keep uh, keep an eye out. You know what I mean? Make sure that uh, you, uh, you're, you're vigilant and sober. Um, if you guys uh, have any questions, need prayer or anything like that, uh, you guys can email me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. Uh, we love hearing from you. If you uh, need any resources, prayer, anything like that, you can email me, or you can call the office at 813-654-2222. Uh, also, uh, you can live stream our services every Shabbat, that's Saturdays, uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on any of our social media channels. That's YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Instagram, ev everywhere you get your... Um, your news feed, we can, uh, we are usually... And, and, and another there. shout out to Gibraltar or, or even, uh, you know, France. You know, we, we are Christians with Torah and we would love to just get an email back from you and like your own little personal testimony. And the reason why I'm asking you to do this is because we're going to read this to our congregation, to our community in Brandon, Christians with Torah here in Brandon, Florida, Beit Tehillah, you know, our community, we want to get some, an email back from you. Say, hey, we're meeting in a home. You know, uh, matter of fact, I, I know even in Paris, France, just outside Paris, France, there were some listeners. Now, maybe you're just listening because you're just interested. Hey, I'm not a Christian, but I was interested. I kind of like what you guys said. I'm, I'm giving it some thought. But we would love to hear your testimony. Uh, we've gotten some from Norway and from the United States, Texas and Maine and different things. So once again, we would love just to get a nice little email. Tell them the email again, Ryan, that they can send that yeah, email Ryan, and we can read it to our church. Ryan at Tupraise.net. R-Y-A-N at 
T-O-P-R-A-I-S-E dot N-E-T. Uh, bless you guys. Have a great week.